Welcome back, Housing News listeners. This is Alcina Lloyd, and I'm the producer of this weekly podcast, which is a proud member of the Industry Syndicate. Today, you'll be listening to a special bonus episode, which features an episode of Housing Wire's newest podcast called The Daily Download. For those not familiar with The Daily Download, it's a podcast that examines the most captivating articles reported from the Housing Wire newsroom each and every day. Currently, the podcast is supported on Spotify, Google Podcasts, with iTunes coming soon. In today's crossover episode of The Daily Download, we revisit a conversation I had with the Urban Institute's Elena McCargo on how the COVID-19 pandemic is likely to impact America's Black home ownership rate. For some background on the interview, last year, the home ownership rate for Black Americans fell to 40.6% in the three months through June, which is the lowest level in the Census Bureau's quarterly data going back to 1994. Furthermore, it was the smallest share recorded for Black households since the 1950 decimal census when it was 34.5%. In my interview with McCargo, she explains how this came to be and what the industry can do to change this reality. So without further ado, here's this week's bonus episode of the Housing News Podcast. Well, Lena, as you know, it's been a very difficult time for the housing industry as COVID-19 has impacted housing markets nationwide. Not only that, but the pandemic itself has burdened many Americans financially as the U.S. unemployment rate has reached great recession levels. In the last couple of weeks, we started to get data back on who this virus is impacting and statistics show it's disproportionately impacting America's Black communities. As several structural factors, including healthcare access, household density, and unemployment have left them more vulnerable than ever, Elena, my first question for you today is, will these factors have a long-term impact on Black home ownership? I think uh, the answer, very simply, if we look at historical trends on what has happened in the past during crises, such as the COVID-19 pandemic, Uh, would indicate that, yes, these factors will have long-term effects on Black home ownership um, and and housing and economic mobility for Black families overall. You know, if if we look at lessons from the last crisis, we know that there was a disproportionate impact on people of color as it related to um, the the actual loss of housing, uh, losing their homes to foreclosure, and um, loss of home equity during that crisis because of the implications and impacts of, the, of that crisis um, on households of color. We even know that after the crisis, uh, the ability to sort of recover from it uh, and because of tightening of credit and other things that happened uh, was much more prolonged for black households. And so for both of those reasons, um, among others, in, in that the healthcare um, and medical um, costs and everything else that are kind of compounded in this pandemic are in in play, I think we're going to definitely see some um, long-term stress on on African-American homeownership. Well, how did these, uh, let's rewind before COVID-19. As you mentioned, these issues have been impacting the African-American community for a long time. Let's rewind a little bit before, how did these issues become a situation in America? So I'm glad you mentioned that because it's really important to note that Housing in America had a number of issues uh, prior to COVID-19. All of them uh, are exacerbated by this crisis. We already know that um, housing cost burdens were high, and this is for renters and for homeowners um, prior to the crisis, especially for homeowners of color. We also understand, again, from past crises that uh, the economic situation, the unemployment rate, or underemployment, not not sort of income curtailment that occurred 
um, in the last crisis really impacted Black and Latino families at a much um, much greater level. And so um, the unemployment rate for Blacks, even prior to the COVID-19 crisis, was still two times that of white unemployment, for example. Um, and so these, the, these things compounded with the um, issues that we were seeing after the last crisis in the credit markets. And then I'm just talking about the contraction of lending, the changes that were put on lending guidelines that really made it more difficult for people to become homeowners and get a mortgage loan approved um, have all just have been issues and were always there. And there were things that we were working towards trying to really kind of remedy still and recover from. And we still had persistent um, homeownership, racial homeownership gaps, a 30 point gap um, between the black and white homeowners and a 26 point gap between Hispanic and white homeowners. So huge gaps that still persisted um, in homeownership and wealth building that we were I'm still grappling with and trying to address. So again, just the, the, the crisis really exacerbates all of those issues. Well, given this information, how can the housing industry work to not only support Black home ownership, but reduce this gap between Black and white home ownership? So I think there's been a lot of things that have been at play. We recommended or did some work and research last year that really talked about a five-point framework um, of what the kind of, what the housing industry needed to do to really focus on reducing the Black-white homeownership gap. Um, some of those things include um, really equitable access to the housing finance system, and that goes again back to my point on access to credit, making sure loans are affordable and available in an equitable way across the board. That's certainly one um, kind of big piece of the solution. Looking at issues locally was another thing that we really teased out in our framework. Um, understanding the local zoning, um, land use, and um, kind of local policies that have been barriers for accessing homeownership, I think is another key factor. Um, some of the other barriers to homeownership, such as down payment assistance and um, helping um, families and households build their savings so they can purchase a home. Uh, another kind of key factor and really building those supports and the policies around that to help subsidize and, and bring that long-term support um, and to focus to help those families um, is key. Uh, housing sustainability is another critical piece of the pie. Uh, and that just means that when we go through economic downturns such as this, that, um, that we really focus on keeping people in their homes. Um, whether you know, uh, ensuring foreclosure prevention and counseling is in place to support these families, um, making sure that loss mitigation options are available to these families um, um, through their servicers who are holding their loans and, and supporting them um, are critical. Um, so we can ensure that people do not face um, default and foreclosure um, at a higher rate like what we saw in, in 2008. And so those are some of the things that the housing industry really needs to focus on. And I think these sustainability factors, access to credit issues, and ensuring that the system that supports um, the majority of loans that are uh, taken out by Black and Hispanic families, like FHA loans and a strong FHA, um, are all just critical parts of the equation. Right. See, I'm glad you brought up access to credit, as recently former Vice President Joe Biden, who also happens to be the Democratic Party's presumptive nominee in November, urged voters to support his plans to boost economic prospects of Black Americans, including an increase in home ownership, and according to Biden, the government needs to end discrimination in credit reporting by creating new public credit reporting agency to catch and eliminate racial disparities. Do you think this is likely to happen and will it improve the situation? 
So it's a great question. The issue of access to credit uh, and, and credit reporting agencies, I haven't examined or done any in-depth research yet on the, um, on the plan that Biden has released, but I would just suggest that based on prior research we've done, particularly our um, kind of explaining the black-white homeownership gaps, one of the critical factors that explains um, what we're seeing in the credit markets is credit scoring. And there is definitely, uh, there has been a lot of conversation about how credit scoring systems may have bias in those systems that are legacy issues that we need to sort of look at updating and upgrading. Um, we also know that the housing finance agencies really may use outdated models in terms of how they um, make those determinations about access to credit. And so it's really, really important that um, we keep in focus, uh, you know, real analysis that looks at how credit is treated, how potentially alternative credit models may become a part of um, underwriting in the future, and, and really look at sort of the underlying uh, potential for bias and discrimination, um, and, and, and just make sure that we've got that sort of um, shored up. That's a huge part of the system that really does need to be uh, continuously examined. All right, and then so my last question for you today is we talked about the gap in black home ownership, what we can do to improve credit reporting. Do you think there's anything we need to know to understand black home ownership in America? I mean, there is the biggest thing that everyone should know about black home ownership in America is that there's a huge portion of the gap that is unexplained by typical factors. Um, we, we talk about factors like income, factors like credit scoring, um, you know, even factors like marriage and education as sort of underlying reasons as to why we have or see these gaps. A lot of the work that we've done at the Urban Institute to really unpack this also suggests there's a large percentage, over 17%, that is still unexplained by those typical underwriting types of factors. And so I think the real work to disentangle and understand where systemic racist policies of the past, uh, you know, that are really persistent and continuing to um, create issues in sort of Black people becoming homeowners, I think are definitely areas that we need to continue to analyze and understand and, and, and really, um, you know, like I said, disentangle and really start to shore up for the future. Um, I think there's some, some very clear areas where you can see um, in the data, we, we all know about historic redlining and things that are happening in the Black community. Um, and we, I, I think there, there's a lot of work to do to really understand why Black homeowners have been um, so severely impacted, why recovery has been much harder for the Black community, how we saw such huge losses in Black homeownership through the last crisis, and how to ensure that after the COVID um, experience, we do not see an uh, increased number of Black families lose their homes um, or, um, you know, or lose equity or, or be impacted. I think the biggest thing that people need to understand about Black home ownership in America is that it is incredibly vulnerable, that the rate of homeowners um, of color continues to lag uh, that of white America. The white homeownership rate today is um, roughly 73%. The black home ownership uh, rate is below 43%. And I, it really, the gaps that are 
persistent and have been there all along have the, the real possibility of getting a lot worse um, in the aftermath of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. And we, we know from experience how to deal with this uh, and we should take the opportunities where we can to put forth policies that would help ensure uh, more equitable opportunities for homeownership uh, and wealth building in Black America. All right, well, thank you, Lena, for taking the time to talk to us about this really important topic. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Housing News Podcast. Please don't forget to give us feedback and rate us on iTunes. And if you like today's crossover episode of the Daily Download, please make sure to check it out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and HousingWire.com. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.